Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, y'all. Well, we're continuing our series, Things I'm Thankful For. So Jason started this series last week, and uh, it's a three-week mini-series. And so uh, this morning, I want to talk to y'all about um, something I'm thankful for, which is the God who provides. And I'm not talking about, you know, making sure I have all the fun luxuries that I have, right? Uh, because that's more of a prosperity thing. I'm, I'm thankful for a God who provides in a year like 2020. I'm thankful for a God who provides um, after I've had to cry out to and after I've been like, God, I don't know what to do right now. I'm thankful for a God who has come through time and time and time again after I've been on my knees. And a lot, a lot of 2020 has been me coming back to this particular passage. It's not a slide. It's just something I'm introducing us with. It's Philippians 4.19, and this is Paul, and he's speaking to the Philippians, and he is in prison. He's been beaten up, and he's talking about, he's like, I know what it is to abide. I know what it is to abound. I know what it is to, to do well. I know what it's not, it is to not do so hot. And verse 19 says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus our Lord. Camera crew, I apologize for moving around so much. Um, but I read that verse, and I actually came across that verse a lot this year, and a lot of times I would look at it, and I'm like, all right, where is it? How are you supplying my needs? When in reality, I needed to be asking myself, I'm like, am I even looking for God in the places where he actually is providing my needs? Or am I, am I putting these weird expectations on him? And, and the first thing we need to remember is that God does provide our daily needs. God provides us our daily needs each and every single day. Two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to uh, speak at the elementary school where my mom works, actually. Um, I got to talk to some second through sixth graders about prayer and what that looks like. And the passage I focused on was a, a, a prayer that was actually written uh, by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, it is the Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And I love it because it challenges us to focus on all these different things in prayer. You can blow it up. I don't care. Um, go for it. Um, it challenges us in all these different things, right? It covers how God is a holy God, but he also wants a deep relationship with us. It covers how we're meant to desire for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth now. And, and I want to show you all verse 11, which says, Give us this day our daily bread. And I don't know about y'all, but before I really started focusing on this prayer and before this prayer really kind of hit me like a truck the way it did, I, I never really focused too much on the daily bread thing. I never found myself constantly, daily, asking God to give me everything I need. I was just kind of like, God, you know what I need? Let me focus on this thing I'm worried about for the next four years. I, I, I wasn't having this daily dependence, this daily reliance on the Lord to get me everything I need just for today. And that is what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, you're meant to pray for everything. Yes, prepare for the future. But you also need to be praying, asking God, just get me through today. Just get me through today. And a lot of us, we don't live like that. Because we're always stressed about the things that are going to happen. And we don't think and stop and, and ask God, hey, can you just give me what I need to get through today? And Jesus goes on in Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And, and, and he's reminding us that God provides our daily needs. 
daily. Like, like he, he puts so much emphasis on it, and I can't help but walk away from this thinking, am I constantly, daily, asking God to provide for me literally every day? And maybe you hear that, and you're like, that's a headache. But once you get into that rhythm of reminding yourself, I'm constantly in need of Jesus every day, every second. It totally changes how you pray. It changes how you actually get to see God working in your life. You get to see the little ways that he's moving. It's incredible. And I think we always need that reminder that we need to be relying on God. C.S. Lewis actually says in his collected letters, he says, relying on God has to begin all over every day as if nothing had yet been done. That means there has to be that habit. There has to be that rhythm of remembering, I need to rely on God just as much as I did yesterday, just as much as I did when we look back on this in 2020, right? I need to be relying on God today just as much as I was yesterday, the day before, and the years before. It doesn't change, right? And we won't be able to see how God is meeting those daily needs unless you're actually relying on him. Because if you're not actually relying on God, naturally your attitude is going to be, well, God's not moving in my life. I don't see God providing for me in my life. Did you wake up today? Are you breathing right now? I'd say he's providing. That's just me. But we can't really see how God is moving in our lives. We can't really see how he's meeting our daily needs unless we are really fully depending and relying upon him. And one of the ways that he provides for us, something that I think we take for granted, maybe something that this year has shown us, is how God provides for us with his people. God provides us his people. Why? To encourage us, to surround us. Because Matthew says that, in, in his gospel, Jesus says it. Matthew writes in his gospel, we're two or more gathered in my, na- my name, there I am with them. And that's not just church service. That's every day. That's at home. That's at work. If you are in Christ, if you are a part of the capital C church and you're in fellowship with the believers, God's there with you. God is moving there with you. And he has surrounded you with these people to love you, to minister to you, for you to love, for you to minister to. And this is something that has been so apparent um, for for me personally even uh, this year. And so uh, I'm going to go off on a little thing real quick. So in March... um, I had a friend back home uh, pass away all of a sudden. And it was unexpected. It was rough. And I went to a small school, so we all kind of knew each other real well. Uh, And I found myself in this just really dark place. And this is my first time. Those of you who know, uh, I'm a young single man. I live alone. um, And so I've never really had to process grief by myself. I process grief with my family when I was younger, but I never, I never processed grief by myself, and even when, even, even calling my family, right, it's still, I just found myself feeling so down. And then about a week later, he's going to blush probably up there in the sound booth, uh, so my buddy Seth, uh, for those of you who know who Seth Dickinson is, uh, he's, a, he's a good buddy of mine, and he probably moved in uh, down the hall from my apartment about a week later. And man, like that changed a lot. 
And I don't think he realized how big of a blessing he would end up being. But it's like the luxury of having, we tell people this all the time, it's the luxury of having a roommate, but you still get your own space. And so <laughs> that's exactly what it is, and we love it. And um, it was a blast because even during all the quarantine stuff, we would hang out. Uh, we'd make sure the other person had not been in contact with anyone exposed to COVID, of course. Um, but we, we, we would hang out. We'd talk about life. We'd like, what is God doing in your life? What, what are the ways that he's moving? What are some things you need prayer for, right? And Seth ended up being a huge blessing, a huge blessing that I ended up needing. And that is just one example of the many examples of how God uses his people. Another example is in the summer, um, I got invited, I got a call from Chris Cannon, for those of you know, who know Chris. Uh, he's like, hey man, what you doing? I'm like, nothing much. He's like, hey, we got a Bible study on Thursdays. And there's a, there's a few men who are in that study with me who are in this room right now. And, and man, that totally changed my summer. Because I, I wasn't even able to take the kids to camp this year. And so God uses his people in crazy, unexpected ways. Now, like I said, those are just a few examples of the ways that he blesses us. And not only did those people bless me, but I was able to find out what did they need prayer for? What was going on in their lives? What are some things that they're struggling with, they're going through? What are some hardships they are experiencing? Paul David Tripp says in his book about people, about why God sends us people, he says, a God of grace makes his invisible grace visible by sending his people of grace. So keep up with me. This is kind of a, there's a lot, there's a lot of grace mentioned in here. A God of grace makes his invisible grace visible by sending his people of grace to reflect his grace to people who need grace. You are placed where you are to make his mercy and his faithfulness visible in concrete. Like, chew on that for a little bit, right? Why are you where you are? Why are you uh, stuck with the coworkers that you're stuck with, right? Why are you um, stuck with the family you're stuck with? Why are you, why, you know, why are you part of this friend group, right? Why does God have you where you are? It's to exhibit his grace. It's to make that visible. It's to be Christ in all those situations. Love on people. God uses people. God sends us people. God provides us people. And the other thing that I want to talk about here is the third point. God provides us himself. God provides us himself. And the best way he does that is through Jesus Christ, right? John 1, right? The, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Verse 16, and from his fullness we have all received, comma, I love the comma. So John's like, hey, stop, think about it. You've actually received something from God. That's a big deal. But what is it that you've received in Christ Jesus? You've received grace. And not just grace, but you've received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, and it just keeps going. What a gift. What an absolute gift that God would send his fullness to us. Colossians calls him, you know, the image of the invisible God. Sending the fullness of God to us to bring us back to him, to be like, hey, I'm not going to leave you in the mess. I'm going to try to pull you out, and I'm going to welcome you back into my family. So God sent us Jesus, but guess what? It keeps going. In Ephesians 2.18, Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and he's writing to some Gentiles. And he's a Jew. He's writing to Gentiles, and he's kind of walking them through 
the whole gospel process and why you know the law isn't really uh, what it doesn't do what it did because now we're in Christ Jesus, right? And he says, for we both, that is the Jews and the Gentiles, so both groups of people, the people who were originally God's people at first, and then the people who weren't a part of the, the nation of Israel, right? Everyone else. So most of us in this room, I'd say. Uh, he's, he says, for through him, that is Jesus Christ, we have access in one spirit, that's a big deal, to the Father, another big deal. The best way I can summarize it without making it a whole other series is that through Christ's sacrifice, through his death and resurrection, through him giving us new life, he gives us the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, right? What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit allows us to talk to the Father. God, 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 all of that allows us to have that, this crazy, amazing relationship with the Lord, right? Like God sends himself constantly to us so that we can... Go to him. Isn't that nuts? Just try to chew on that for a few seconds. It'll make your head hurt. It makes my head hurt sometimes. But that's a big deal. God sends himself. And the reality is, the reason why we're so discontent with that is because we're actually not relying on him. We're not making him everything that we actually need to get through every single day. When his grace, the, the, the fact that he, he even came at all when he did, is enough. I was talking to some friends lately. And, ooh, sorry about that. Uh, I was talking to some friends, and I'm like, it's just a grace that Christ came when he did. Imagine if we were still waiting. None of us would even be in this room. It's just a grace that he came when he did. God sends us himself. God provides us himself. And so what do we do with that? What do we do with with a God who provides for us, what do we do with all these, all these things that we've talked about, knowing that we need to daily rely on God, knowing that, that he sends us people, knowing that he sends us himself? Well, the first application point is this. We need to remember, we need to remember your daily need for God. And another way I would phrase that is you need to learn to rely on him. Plain and simple. You need to learn to rely on the Lord. Remember your daily need for him. And that looks like two different things. At least two things come to mind when, when, when I, I sit and I, I ask, like, what does it look like for us to even remember our daily need for Christ? Well, first thing is, when you wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, mouthwash, everything you do, whatever, you know, look in the mirror and preach the gospel to yourself. And it'll feel weird and awkward at first, but it, it changes. And eventually you don't have to look in the mirror. You can do it while pouring yourself a cup of coffee or something. But preach the gospel to yourself daily, daily. Because you're constantly in need of the gospel. I'm constantly in need of the gospel. We are all daily, every single second, in need of the gospel. The second thing is ask God to provide for that day. Jesus quite literally meant for you to pray the Lord's Prayer. And part of that is praying daily, like, Lord, will you give me what I need? Give me what I need to get through today. Second application point. Two words, but huge. Huge concept. Reach out. Reach out. And the first, the first thing is, when it comes to reaching out, you need to be reaching out to people in your community, people in your circles, people at work, people at school, people wherever who are hurting. People who are hurting, people who are struggling, people who, who, who need the love and the joy and the hope of Jesus. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has a way of, of putting people on our hearts 
right? There's someone you just, you just really just can't shake. Like, like they just keep coming to your mind. You're like, what is going on? I would encourage you just pray for them. And then don't just pray for them. I would take it a step further, especially in a year like this. I would text them, call them, reach out. Be like, hey, just want to check up on you. How are you doing? It doesn't have to be super fancy. It doesn't have to be super formal. But checking on them is a big deal. It changes things. It really does. And the second side of reaching out is something that we are terrible at. You need to reach out when you're hurting. You need to reach out when you're struggling. You need to reach out when, when, when you feel hopeless. Because guess what? The pe- I, I guarantee you, the people you think of when you're like, I need to reach out to somebody, those people are people that God can use to love on you, to encourage you, give you hope and joy, right? And that's hard. It's hard admitting when you're struggling. It's hard admitting when you're going through something. But man, it's a lot better to reach out, to, 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 to branch out, to let people know, hey, I'm struggling with this and I don't know how much further I can go than bottling it all up and just letting it explode on the inside, right? Because that becomes a mess. Reach out. Third application point. And this is another thing that's just really hard for American Christians to do. Uh, exercise resting in the presence of God. Exercise resting in the presence of God. God says to David in Psalm 46.10, he says, be still, be still. Another Hebrew translation would say, let go and know that I am God. And, and sometimes I find in my own time with the Lord, it's not always a cookie cutter time with with the Lord, right? Like you open the Bible, you got the coffee, right? And you're ready, you got your little notebook. It doesn't always look like that. Sometimes it's really loud and sometimes I'm blaring worship music. Other times it's just me sitting and just reflecting on the goodness of God and remembering that, hey, he's with me. Being still and knowing that God is God, remembering that he is God, that'll totally change, that'll change your time with him. That'll change your day, honestly. Being still and just resting, saying, God, I know you've got me. I know you've got me. How can I glorify you today? Being still and resting in his presence. And if, and if that's hard, I would also encourage you in this way. In 1 Kings 19, 9 through 13, it's not on the screen, don't worry. But Elijah the prophet, and this is a passage I love, uh, but Elijah the prophet has fled to a mountainside. And the whole backstory is, all the prophets of the Lord were being persecuted by Jezebel, who was an awful, awful, awful queen, and her husband Ahab, who wasn't very smart. But they're being persecuted, and Elijah is fleeing for his life. And he's up on the mountain, and, and he's, he's just meditating on the Lord, and he's waiting for the presence of the Lord. And there's an earthquake, there's a fire, there's a flood, and there's a storm. And Elijah notices God's not in any of these big things that I'm looking at, these big things I'm looking for, these big moments that have been dramatized when it comes to the presence of God in my life. But how does God come to him? It says it came to him in a still, small whisper. The voice of God came to him in a still, small whisper. Part of resting in the presence of God is learning to find the small places, the little, still, small whispers in life that God is moving in. And that's a discipline. It's not easy. Because we want to look for God in the big moments. 
but we need to take the time to look for God in the small moments as well. So guys, I'm so thankful just for the opportunity to be up here and just to, just to talk to y'all um, about the provision of God. Uh, right now, I'm going to pray us out, and then I have a few announcements. So at home crew, uh, don't leave us just yet. There's just like two announcements, and uh, we'll let you go. So dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you uh, once again just for being a God who provides for us in so many ways, so many ways that we don't even look for. So many ways that, that we can't even think of because sometimes they don't even cross our minds. And Lord, I, I just pray right now, if there's anyone who's hurting, there's anyone who, who's struggling, God, I pray that, that someone would reach out to them and, and that they would also have the power and the confidence to reach out to somebody and say, hey man, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. God, we love you for the ultimate way that you sent yourself to us as through Jesus Christ, your son, and for giving us life that we didn't have before. Thank you for being God who provides, even in a crazy year like 2020. We ask that you would provide for us this week. You would give us our daily bread today, and that you would, we would ask for our daily bread every single day of this week. So, Lord, we love you. Be with us in our coming and our going. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.